So what is the Avenger of Blood? This is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, coming to you from Riverside, California. And podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we read the entire Bible in a year. How are you today? It was very cool here today. Probably didn't get more than about 75 degrees. It was nice. It's good to see you. Today our reading is Joshua 16 through 20, and I'm calling this episode, Somewhere to Run. Among other things, we'll be reading about God's plan for making sure justice was properly carried out. We'll do our On This Day in Church History segment, and we'll hear a comment on last Saturday's episode. So let's get started. Joshua chapter 16. The land allotted to Joseph's descendants extended from the Jordan at Jericho to the waters of Jericho to the east, through the desert, and on up from Jericho into the hill country of Bethel. The southern border extended from Bethel to Luz and crossed to Archite territory at Adaroth. It then descended westward to Japhelite territory as far as the territory of Lower Beth Horon and Gezer and ended at the sea. Joseph's descendants, Manasseh and Ephraim, were assigned their land. The territory of the tribe of Ephraim by its clans included the following. The border of their assigned land to the east was Adaroth Adder as far as Upper Beth Horon. It then extended onto the sea with Mikmathath on the north. It turned eastward to Taanath Shiloh and crossed it on the east to Genoa. It then descended from Genoa to Adaroth and Naarah, touched Jericho, and extended to the Jordan River. From Tapua it went westward to the valley of Cana and ended at the sea. This is the land assigned to the tribe of Ephraim by its clans. Also included were the cities set apart for the tribe of Ephraim within Manasseh's territory along with their towns. The Ephraimites did not conquer the Canaanites living in Gezer. The Canaanites live among the Ephraimites to this very day and do hard labor as their servants. Joshua chapter 17 The tribe of Manasseh, Joseph's firstborn son, was also allotted land. The descendants of Maker, Manasseh's firstborn, and the father of Gilead, received land, for they were warriors. They were assigned Gilead and Bashan. The rest of Manasseh's descendants were also assigned land by their clans, including the descendants of Abiezer, Helek, Azrael, Shechem, Hefer, and Shemida. These are the male descendants of Manasseh, son of Joseph, by their clans. Now Zelophehad, son of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Maker, son of Manasseh, had no sons, only daughters. These are the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Tirzah. They went before Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the leaders, and said, The Lord told Moses to assign us land among our relatives. So Joshua assigned them land among their uncles, as the Lord had commanded. Manasseh was allotted ten shares of land, in addition to the land of Gilead and Bashan east of the Jordan, for the daughters of Manasseh were assigned land among his sons. The land of Gilead belonged to the rest of the descendants of Manasseh. The border of Manasseh went from Asher to Mikmathath, which is near Shechem. It then went south toward those who live in Tapua. The land of Tapua belonged to Manasseh, but Tapua, located on the border of Manasseh, belonged to the tribe of Ephraim. 
The border then descended southward to the Valley of Cana. Ephraim was assigned cities there among the cities of Manasseh, but the border of Manasseh was north of the valley and ended at the sea. Ephraim's territory was to the south and Manasseh's to the north. The sea was Manasseh's western border and their territory touched Asher on the north and Issachar on the east. Within Issachar's and Asher's territory, Manasseh was assigned Beth Shean, Iblium, the residents of Dor, Endor, the residents of Taanach, the residents of Megiddo, the three of Napheth, and the towns surrounding all these cities. But the men of Manasseh were unable to conquer these cities. The Canaanites managed to remain in those areas. Whenever the Israelites were strong militarily, they forced the Canaanites to do hard labor, but they never totally conquered them. The descendants of Joseph said to Joshua, Why have you assigned us only one tribal allotment? After all, we have many people, for until now the Lord has enabled us to increase in number. Joshua replied to them, Since you have so many people, go up into the forest and clear out a place to live in the land of the Perizzites and the Rephaites, for the hill country of Ephraim is too small for you. The descendants of Joseph said, The whole hill country is inadequate for us, and the Canaanites living down on the valley of Bethshean and its surrounding towns, and in the valley of Jezreel, have chariots with iron-rimmed wheels. Joshua said to the family of Joseph, to both Ephraim and Manasseh, You have many people and great military strength. You will not have just one tribal allotment. The whole hill country will be yours, though it is a forest you can clear it, and it will be entirely yours. You can conquer the Canaanites, though they have chariots with iron-rimmed wheels and are strong. Joshua chapter 18 now the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of meeting there, and the land was subdued before them. But there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. Then Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? Pick out from among you three men for each tribe, and I will send them. They shall rise and go through the land. Survey it according to their inheritance, and come back to me, and they shall divide it into seven parts. Judah shall remain in their territory on the south, and the house of Joseph shall remain in their territory on the north. You shall therefore survey the land in seven parts, and bring the survey here to me, that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord our God. But the Levites have no part among you, for the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance." And Gad, Reuben, and half the tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond the Jordan on the east, which Moses the servant of the Lord gave them. Then the men arose to go away, and Joshua charged those who went to survey the land, saying, Go, walk through the land, survey it, and come back to me, that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord in Shiloh. So the men went, passed through the land, and wrote the survey in a book in seven parts by cities, and came back to Joshua at the camp in Shiloh. Then Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord, and there Joshua divided the land to the children of Israel according to their divisions. Now the lot of the tribe of the children of Benjamin came up according to their families, and the territory of their lot came out between the children of Judah and the children of Joseph. Their border on the north side began at the Jordan, and the border went up to the side of Jericho on the north and went through the mountains westward. It ended at the wilderness of Beth-Avon. 
The border went over from there toward Luz, to the side of Luz, which is Bethel, southward, and the border descended to Adaroth Adder, near the hill that lies on the south side of Lower Beth Horon. Then the border extended around the west side to the south, from the hill that lies before Beth Horon southward, and it ended at Kirjoth Baal, which is Kirjoth Jearim, the city of the children of Judah. This was the west side. The south side began at the end of Kirjoth Jearim, and the border extended on the west, and went out to the spring of the waters of Nephtoah. Then the border came down to the end of the mountain that lies before the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is in the valley of the Rephaim on the north, descended to the valley of Hinnom, to the side of the Jebusite city on the south, and descended to Enrogel. And it went around from the north, went out to Enshemesh, and extended toward Galiloth, which is before the ascent of Adummim and descended to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. Then it passed along toward the north side of Arabah, and went down to Arabah, and the border passed along to the north side of Beth Hogla. Then the border ended at the north bay at the Salt Sea, at the south end of the Jordan. This was the southern boundary. The Jordan was its border on the east side. This was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin, according to its boundaries all around, according to their families. Now the cities of the tribe of the children of Benjamin, according to their families, were Jericho, Beth Hogla, Emek Kizis, Beth Arabah, Zemaraim, Bethel, Avim, Pera, Ophra, Kefer Hayamani, Ophni, and Geba, twelve cities with their villages Gibeon, Ramah, Beeroth, Mizpah, Kephira, Moza, Rechem, Irpiel, Terala, Zela, Eleph, Jebus, which is Jerusalem, Gibeath, and Kirjoth, fourteen cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin according to their families. Joshua chapter 19 The second name drawn was for the families of the people of Simeon. Their land was in the center of the land of the people of Judah. They had in their land the cities of Beersheba, Sheba, Molida, Hazershuel, Bela, Ezem, El-Tolad, Bethel, Horma, Ziklag, Beth-Markaboth, Hazer-Suza, Beth-Labaoth, and Sheruhan, thirteen cities with the towns around them. There were Ain, Rimen, Ether, and Ashen, four cities with their towns. And they had all the towns around these cities as far as baalath Beer, also known as Ramah of the Negev. This was the land given to the families of the people of Simeon. The land of the people of Simeon was taken from the land of the people of Judah, for the share of the people of Judah was too large for them. So the people of Simeon received a share of the land in the center of Judah's land. The third name drawn was for the families of the people of Zebulun. The share of their land was as far as Sarid. The side of their land went from there west to Marlah, touched Dabasheth, and on to the river by Jochniam. It turned east from Sarid toward the sunrise as far as the land of Kisloth-Tabor then on to Dabarath and up to Japhiah. From there it went east toward the sunrise to Gath-Hefer, Ath-Kazan, and on to Rimen, turning toward Nia. Then the side of their land turned north to Hanathon and ended at the valley of Iphtael. In their land were Kata, Nahalal, Shimron, Idala, and Bethlehem. In all there were twelve cities with the towns around them. This is what was given to the families of the people of Zebulun, these cities with the towns around them. The fourth name drawn was for the families of the people of Issachar. Their land spread to Jezreel. In it were Kesulloth, 
Shunem, Hapharaim, Shion, Anaharath, Rabbath, Kishion, Ebez, Remeth, and Ganim, and Hatta, and Beth Paziz. Their land spread to Tabor, Shehazuma, Beth Shemesh, and ended at the Jordan with sixteen cities and their towns. This is what was given to the families of the people of Issachar, the cities with the towns around them. The fifth name drawn was for the families of the people of Asher. In their land were Helkath, Hali, Beton, Akshaph, Alamelech, Amad, and Mishal. It spread west to Carmel and Shihor Libnath. It turned east to Beth Dagon and to Zebulun along the valley of Iftahel, north to Beth Emek and Naiel. Then it went on north to Cable, Ebron, Rehob, Hammon, and Cana, as far as the big city of Sidon. From there the side of their land turned toward Ramah and then to the strong city of Tyre, turned again to Hosea, and ended at the sea near Axib, Amma, Aphek, and Rehob. There were twenty-two cities with the towns around them. This is what was given to the families of the people of Asher, these cities with the towns around them. The sixth name drawn was for the people of Naphtali, for the families of the people of Naphtali. Their land spread from Heleph, from the big tree in Zaananim. It went through Anami Nekeb and Jabneel as far as Lachem, and it ended at the Jordan. The side of their land turned from there west to Asnoth Tabor and went on to Hukok. It spread to Zebulun in the south, Asher in the west, and to Judah at the Jordan in the east. The strong cities were Zidim, Zer, Hamath, Rakath, Kinnereth, Adama, Ramah, Hazor, Kedesh, Edrei, and Hazor, Yiran, Migdal-el, Horem, Beth-Anath, and Beth-Shemesh. There were nineteen cities with their towns. This is what was given to the families of the people of Naphtali, the cities with their towns. The seventh name drawn was for the families of the people of Dan. In their land were Zorah, Eshtael, Irshemish, Shealaban, Ajalon, Ithla, Elan, Timnah, Ekron, Eltica, Gibbethon, Baalath, Jehud, Beni Birak, Gathrimon, Majarkon, and Rakon, with the land near Joppa. The people of Dan needed more land, so they went up and fought with Lisham and took it with the sword. They took it for themselves and lived in it, and they gave it the name Lisham Dan after the name of Dan their father. This is what was given to the families of the people of Dan, these cities with their towns. When they finished dividing the land and giving to each family group their share, then the people of Israel gave some land among them to Joshua the son of Nun. As the Lord had told them, they gave him the city he asked for. They gave him Timnath-Sirah in the hill country of Ephraim. So he built the city and lived in it. This is the land which was given by Eliezer, the religious leader, Joshua, the son of Nun, and the heads of the houses of the families of the people of Israel. It was given by drawing names in Shiloh before the Lord at the door of the meeting tent. So they finished dividing the land. Joshua chapter 20 Then the Lord spoke to Joshua. Tell the Israelites, Select your cities of refuge, as I instructed you through Moses, so that a person who kills someone unintentionally or accidentally may flee there. These will be your refuge from the avenger of blood. When someone flees to one of these cities, stands at the entrance of the city gate, and states his case before the elders of that city, they are to bring him into the city and give him a place to live among them. 
and if the avenger of blood pursues him, they must not hand the one who committed manslaughter over to him, for he killed his neighbor accidentally and did not hate him beforehand. He is to stay in that city until he stands trial before the assembly and until the death of the high priest serving at that time. Then the one who committed manslaughter may return home to his own city from which he fled. So they designated Kedesh in the hill country of Naphtali in Galilee, Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kiriath Arba, that is, Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. Across the Jordan, east of Jericho, they selected Bezer on the wilderness plateau from Reuben's tribe, Ramoth and Gilead from Gad's tribe, and Golan in Bashan from Manasseh's tribe. These are the cities appointed for all the Israelites and foreigners among them, so that anyone who kills a person unintentionally may flee there and not die at the hand of the avenger of blood until he stands before the assembly. In chapter 20, we read about the cities of refuge, or what I'm calling somewhere to run. Kind of a callback to the 1965 tune, Nowhere to Run by Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. Man, what a great song that was. I told you I was old. If you like Motown music, look it up, but I digress. These cities of refuge were places that someone who had unintentionally or accidentally killed a person could flee and be protected from the avenger of blood. As the commentator Matthew Henry put it, these were people who were guilty by hand, but not of heart. So what is the avenger of blood? Well, in Israel at that time, each family had a designated person who had the responsibility to be sure that if someone in that family was murdered, justice would be done. This was the avenger of blood. Now, God wants murderers to be punished. We know this from Genesis 9-6, which says, Whoever sheds man's blood, his blood will be shed by man, for God made man in his image. You remember reading that, right? Well, the thing is, in order to establish that a murder had taken place, there had to be a trial. The cities of refuge were places where a person who had unintentionally or accidentally killed someone could be safe until a trial could happen. The avenger of blood would not be given custody of that person. If, after a trial, it was shown that the killing was an accident and not a crime of hate or jealousy or rage, then the person would be allowed to stay in that city, and that city only. It's interesting to note a few facts about these cities of refuge. All of them were Levite cities. The Levites were the tribe from which all priests came. So, these places of refuge were types of, or pointed toward, the refuge that we have in Jesus. They were distributed around the country so that one of them was always within a half-day's journey from anywhere in the country, and all the cities were on hills so that they could be seen from a distance, so that if a person were fleeing to one, they could keep their eyes on that place, as we do with Christ. It reminds me of the old hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Part of the lyrics of that song say, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. What do you think? I'd like to hear from you. You can comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com or you can email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com or you can leave a comment on the show notes page for this episode. I love hearing from you. I read everything that you send and we'll share some of your comments on the show. Comment.lifespringmedia.com Our reading tomorrow is Psalms 12 through 14. Boost! 
Kirsty from Perth commented on the show notes page for last Saturday's episode on Matthew 8 through 10. She said, okay, should I do the Aussie accent again? That might be a bit much. Uh, I'll just read it straight. This is what Kirsty said. I really like the idea of living my life in a way that would convict me as a Christian, as you describe. Definitely something to aspire to. Yep, that's right, Kirsty. People should know that we belong to Christ. I'm glad that spoke to you. But tell the truth, it was the song, right? It just occurred to me that I should have put the YouTube video of the song on the show notes page just for fun. It's there now if you want to go take a look. Uh, Side note, Gary S. Paxton, who sang that song and and wrote it, wrote over 2,000 songs and produced such songs as 1960's Alley Oop and 1962's Monster Mash. He became a Christian in about 1971 and died at 77 years old in 2016. Kirsty, thanks for the comment. I appreciate it. On this day in church history, September 28th, either the year 929 or 935, good King Wenceslas, the Bohemian prince, was martyred. During his reign, before he was murdered by his brother Boleslav, he sought to care for the poor and to bring his people into closer connection with the Western world. And in 1931 on this date, September 28th, C.S. Lewis had his spiritual conversion while riding to the zoo, get this, in his brother Warren's motorcycle sidecar. In writing about the experience later, he said, When we set out, I did not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And when we reached the zoo, I did. Lewis's conversion followed a long conversation he had the week before with two Christian friends. You might have heard of them. J.R.R. Tolkien and Hugo Dyson. Did you know that Tolkien had anything to do with C.S. Lewis's conversion? Very interesting. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, hey, who let you in here? No. No, you want the podcast up the street. They take sponsors. The LifeSpring Family Audio Bible is supported by these good people listening right now. That's right, no advertisers. How does that work? Well, quite well, thank you. Oh, how do the listeners support the show? Well, first off, they're not listeners. No, they're family. The LifeSpring Family. Since they listen to the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, they're part of the family. And they support the show because they find value in it. They believe it's worth supporting. Yes, they believe it's worth supporting. So they help pay the bills around here. What's what's that? How much does it cost to support the show? Well, that's up to them. We have an agreement. They decide what the show is worth to them and then return part of that value to me in a donation. Why would they do that? Well, I provide over two hours a week of Bible reading and discussion on what we've read together, and we're going to read through the whole entire Bible in a year together. And they find that valuable something that's worth supporting. What? Yeah, you have... What's that? You have to go? Okay, well, thanks for stopping by. I hope you find that other podcast. May God bless you richly. Hey guys, sorry about the interruption. I'm not going to talk to you today about Value for Value, but I do want to say a big thank you to Colleen Suter, who donated $70 via the website. God bless you, Colleen. I appreciate your donation very much, Colleen. Thank you. Colleen sent in her donation from support.lifespringmedia.com. And by the way, there are several different methods to give there. There's a form there, the one that Colleen used, where you can give online. 
or you can send a check. And there's a link for you to give via PayPal. Or you can use Venmo too and Zelle, Bitcoin. You can stream sats and boosts with one of those snazzy new podcast apps that you can find at newpodcastapps.com. And maybe the easiest way to give is by texting 182-921 to 1-855-575-7888. That only works, by the way, if you're in the U.S. You can actually do that while you're listening to the show right now. Text 182-921 to 1-855-575-7888. Now, for your first donation, you'll be sent a link to tap, and that's where you're going to enter the amount you want to donate. And then for subsequent donations, all you have to do is enter give. After you donate one time, you don't have to do that setup again. That's a really easy way to give. But the main thing is it doesn't really matter how you give, but that you give. And when you do, you're helping to spread the good news to a world that needs it. God bless you. We got no new prayer requests today, but... When you send your prayer requests in, I will pray for you in my daily private prayer time, and I'll pray for you on the show so that we can all agree together as we take our requests to God. Hey, remember, tell somebody about the show. If you like the show, you must have some friends that'll like it, so tell them about it. And don't forget, next Sunday, October 3rd, Harvest Christian Fellowship, the church that Greg Laurie pastors, and the church that I call home is having their 31st SoCal Harvest Crusade at Angel Stadium in Anaheim, California. These events are a lot like what Billy Graham used to do. And as a matter of fact, Greg became friends with Billy Graham before Billy went to be with the Lord. Many thousands of people come forward to receive Christ at these events. So please be praying that hearts are touched and lives are changed this coming Sunday. And they're going to be streaming the event live at 7 p.m. Pacific time. If you'd like to watch, it's going to be a lot of fun. For King and Country is going to be there, Phil Wickham is going to be there, and I think that they're going to have some other surprise guests as well before Greg brings his message. So if you watch the stream, I think you're going to enjoy it. I'll have a link on the show notes page. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad you're part of the family. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. Bye.